cheaper than our producer's underage sister. Edgier than the stuff shown on late night television. Newer than Kim Kardashian's ex. Live from Orlando, it's Crazy Train Radio. Well, uh, I would also like to think that 
that was a special uh, time for you as well because of uh, stuff that was going on with your personal life, with your wife dealing with uh, cancer at the time, I believe. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Well, you know, cancer doesn't discriminate. You know, it goes after everyone. And uh, that's one thing about it. They can't say, well, it's only pick on the uh, the white race, the black race, the green race, the yellow race. It picks on all of them, on all races. So, uh, so I, I was uh, I experienced that. My my wife was forty six years old, and she uh, came came down with cancer, with breast cancer, and it went into remission for one year. And we thought we was on on the recovering side, and the hair was growing back, and and everything. And then she just got the feeling bad again after that one year was over, and and the cancer came back in the same breast. Normally it goes somewhere else, but it came back in the same breast. And the doctor didn't have time to treat her like he did the first time. And he just didn't. He just couldn't. He just couldn't beat it. I mean, it was came out like a this tiger. The doctor said it was like a, a wild tiger out in the jungle. You, he he caught the tiger and put him in a cage, and then finally the, the tiger got out of the cage. And when he got out of the cage, he just went crazy. He would just he just just went all over the jungle where. He couldn't, they couldn't catch him, they couldn't catch this tiger no more. And then when they did, then when they, they, when they caught the tiger, it was too late, uh, to, uh, take care of my wife, uh, cause at that time the cancer had taken over and, and, and she was just, just so weak. And of course her kidneys shut down. They had to do dialysis and just, uh, she had some blockage in her intestines. I mean, just everything just started happening. I took my wife to to the clinic to start her her treatments, and don't you know she never made it back home. She never made it back home. I took her from the from the clinic straight to the hospital to get checked in the hospital, and she stayed in the hospital for three weeks, and then that was it. 46 years old, 26 years of marriage, was gone. Wow. Well, with that, like you said, everything that happened, uh, how how did the kids handle it? How how are you coping now with just with everything that happened? Well, you know, when it happened, you know, uh, the kids, because they're teenagers, you know, they took it hard, you know. Everybody took it hard, and then we finally regrouped and got over, you know, got over. It's been three years now. Uh, this past September was three years. September the third, it was three years went by, and we moving on. And in fact, I uh, I found another lady friend that I'm talking to, and. Hopefully that I can be that she can be my future uh, 
wife or companion right now. And it's nothing, nothing's out there, nothing promised right now. We just, we're just talking. Yeah. And, and, uh, she's very sweet. She's in the church. She's got God in her life. And, and you know, I, I, I've been, I, I, uh, had a partner so long, I, I wanted a, another partner. Another female partner that that I want, you know, I just I miss that, I, you know, I really do, I really miss that, and I tell you, you don't know the feeling, you know, when I lost my mom, I took it hard. When I lost my father, I really took it hard. When I lost my wife, it blew me off the world. It just blew me off the mountain, off the cliff. I didn't. I was just as lost as a newborn baby coming in, into this world, I was just lost. I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't know. I didn't know anything. And I just, I just, just pray to God that he, he, he walked me through this, you know, one day at a time. And it was just, I mean, you know, you you don't know what how I feel until it happens to you. What I'm saying, especially with your, your your wife, your partner. What I'm saying, mom and dad, you love them dearly, but this lady here lived with me. She slept with me. She ate with me. We travel up and down the road together, flying here, flying there, driving here, driving there. But then all of a sudden, all this, it leaves me. You know, just like I'm in the dark. Woke up, I lost everything. And I miss her a whole lot. But you know what? Thank God if she's gone to a better place. No more suffering, no more pain. Don't have to go about. Taking any more chemo and and uh, uh, the chemo treatments, radiation. Don't have to take any, none of that stuff anymore. She's going to a better place. In fact, she's probably looking down on us and just smiling and sitting back and waiting. One of these days, you'll make it, and we're hopefully we can. Is there, if you could, if there is one, and I don't know because I never dealt with it, like you said, is there a positive thing that you can take out of that situation or that big life lesson? Is there anything I could take out of that? That like a, a positive that you could tell your fans, whether it's get chat or anything. Is there anything you learned through that experience that you know? What well, only thing I learned was just. Just, I, I just knew the uh, only thing I learned about it how much I depended on her and it woke me up uh, because I had to do a lot of things that I wasn't doing that she was doing for me and and I'm sure there's a lot of Husbands out there 
can say the same thing. Our wife is our managers, is our manager, and our partners. You know, they 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 manage they manage the, the pay the bills. Some of them, you know, and some men pay the pay their own bills and and uh, be the manager of the house and and everything. The wives don't do nothing like like myself. But you know, but most of the most of the uh, men are married. Their wife is taking care of the bills, and he's he's a he's the bread maker. You know, he he brings he brings all the bread home, and you know, and she she go out and, and pay the bills. You know, and I miss, and you know what, I I didn't have to do that, and that's what I. That was a hard thing for me to do was just look like I had to step up to reality. Man, you're all out here, Coco, beware by yourself. So you got to step up to reality. And if you don't step up, Coco, beware, there's nobody going to step up for you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you talking about that subject there. But let's uh, actually switch things up to a uh, more – back to a more positive uh uh, say, uh, excuse me, more uh, positive uh, side of things for you, uh, and hence what most people know you for is your wrestling career. Uh, probably the most unique thing and that I, me personally, I always got a kick out of and always heard so many funny stories about was, as everybody knows, Frankie. Yeah. Uh, where did you get the idea for Frankie to have your bird as a sort of a mascot for you at the in the ring? Well, that goes back again. My wife is a, was a genius. She was a genius. Uh, of uh, she came up with the whole idea of the Birdman. I mean, uh, in fact, I was I was a Birdman, but she came up with the idea of having the bird because. Uh, she was in a pet store and she saw this blue and gold macaw bird and she took a picture of it back then as those Polaroid camera and so took a picture of it and she brought it back home and showed it to me and all that. She said, because I had the birds on my tights and stuff. This is this was all in Louisiana and uh, so she said, oh, you could. You could call you, you could be the bird man. You could have this, take this parrot out with you and stuff like that. Just something totally different. And, uh, the kids would love it. They would love you and the bird, you know? It's a be like a little package deal. And you kind of be like, you would be just like Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant and guys like that, you know, uh, that was on top and back in the day and stuff where, and so you could kind of be on that level with that bird and all your little costumes that you wear, your little capes and all that, tuxedo jackets and all that stuff, and flashy. And so, man, you could be right on the top with them. And uh, so we started doing that. I mean, 1986, when I got accepted into uh, WWE, I had a meeting with uh, Vince, Ma- uh, Vince McMahon, and at the end of the meeting and stuff, he says, is there anything that you'd like to answer your, uh, what your gimmick, they call? And I said, uh, yes, I would. He said, well, what is that? 
So I reached in my pocket, like my wife was saying, if the opportunity came up, show him this picture. So I showed him the picture and everything, and he said, oh, my God, I can't believe another animal. We have a dog. We have a snake. I said, man. He said, what I'm going to do is, you realize you're going to be flying all over the country? I said, yes, but, you know, I, this here, this bird is going to be my mascot, and and, and I really think the Coco Beware, the Birdman Coco Beware would, would get over with this, this, this whole, uh, bird gimmick would, would get over with the right music and all this stuff. And thank God for Jimmy Hart and Jimmy Hart that helped me with some music. Uh, we came out with my gospel group singing it, bird, 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 do the bird, bird, bird. And I'm singing on it and, and man, it just, it, it turned out to be great, you know. So that's how, that's how it became, that's how the Birdman got discovered. So my wife came up with the idea and, and I presented to, uh, Vince McMahon and he, he loved it. Well, uh, since you actually brought it up, how was the travel with, uh, Frankie? Uh, how difficult was that? It was, you know, I had to, I had to get used to him. It was, you know, because I was carrying my luggage and carrying his cage and carrying another uh, bird stand around and inside of a luggage, real heavy. I mean, it, it took some work, but, you know, I was really motivated. I was determined that I wanted to make this work, and, then, and here's my opportunity, and I got a chance to do that. And you know what? And I, and I'm telling you, I took the chance. I took the chance, and I, and, and when they gave me an opportunity, I took the uh, the chance and the opportunity to make where I'm. That's the reason why I'm where I'm at today because I I took that I took that opportunity up. You know, whatever they gave me, I took it and ran with it. You can ask even. Oh golly, Jimmy Hart was, was was one of my best friends and stuff, and and he could tell you, that Coco just took that bird gimmick and he ran with it, and he, he didn't care who toes he stepped on. If he Vince McMahon gave him a gave him a, a shot uh, to be on to, to be on top, and he was letting it rock. Well, actually, I did, and maybe you can confirm this. One more Frankie thing I want to bring up. I heard a couple of years ago an old story when you were on the road with the WWE at the time. Uh, an old Pedro Morales story, thinking it was you uh, saying good morning and all after a late night out, but ends up it was Frankie just waking up in the morning and kept saying hello, hello, but Pedro ended yeah, well, up uh, breaking down your hotel door. Right. Well, see what happened, and I was wanted to, I wanted to say this on on the Hall of Fame about Pedro. Pedro was all day long when I when I first got the bird and everything. Uh, you know, Pedro was sitting, would come up and ask the Coco, "Man, that's a beautiful bird." I said, "Yeah, amigo." I said, "Okay." He said, Coco, does this bird talk? I said, no, he don't talk right now, amigo. I said, when we get the buffalo, I'm going to a pet store, and I'm going to buy a tape. And that way it can repeat itself and all this stuff. 
and in that way, then he can, you know, he can he can learn how to talk and stuff like that. I got to work with it. Pedro's, oh yeah, I, yeah, I think he talks. I think he can talk. I said, yeah, but I don't know if he can talk. He hadn't seen anything yet, Pedro. So that night, uh, I guess around about nine thirty, ten o'clock or something. I put the tape off, and it lasts probably like an hour, two hours or something. And it repeats itself, hello, hello, hello. And just so happened, Pedro Morales was, he, his room was next door, and the walls were real thin. i never forget it. Howard Johnson, Buffalo, New York. And, of course, Pedro was already... I guess at the restaurant, the bar somewhere, you know, they had a restaurant bar together and all that. I guess and then I guess he was feeling pretty good at night and and I passed him going he was going to his room and uh I was going to the restaurant, the bar or something and I and we passed each other and then Pedro said, Vigo Cogo, where's that dirt bird at? I said, Oh, he's he's back in the room there, Pedro. Oh, okay. All right. I, 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 I'll talk to you later. I said, okay, amigo. All right, you know. And so, uh, when Pedro must, I guess when he must have got in the room and he was, he was sitting there on the bed and then uh, he could hear the tape going. Hello? 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 Pedro starts saying hello back to the tape. Hello? Hello? Then Pedro was getting upset. Because they kept saying, hello. And then Pedro said, all right, you damn bird. I told you. I said hello to you, bird. I hear you over there saying hello. Okay, I said hello to you. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I said hello to you, bird. All right, bird. I'm saying hello. 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 Now shut the heck up. Let's shut the heck up, bird. Bird. He, at that time, Pedro said he's beating on the wall. I told you, shut up, bird. You keep saying hello and hello. I done told you 10,000 times. Stop saying, I done said hello to you. You still saying hello. Hello, hello, Pedro. Oh, he just went crazy, beating on the wall. And then the next morning in the lobby, I saw Pedro. He was in the little there talking. And Pedro said, Coco. I said, yeah, Pedro. I thought you told me that bird couldn't talk. I said, he can't. Bull, that's a bunch of bull. I can't believe it. that's a bunch of bull. That bird kept me up all night long. He will say hello, I will say hello. He will say hello, I say hello. He say hello, I say hello. I'm beating on the wall, he still say hello, I say hello. He say hello, I say Coco, he kept me up for, for a whole couple of hours or whatever. That bird can talk, I don't care. You didn't go get no tape. You didn't go to no animal thing to, to buy a tape. That bird can say hello just as good as me and you. And I could never convince him that that was a tape. And man, I told, I told the story to Pat Patterson and a bunch of guys and everybody was on the floor laughing just back and forth to Pedro. And this day, at this day, he still believes my bird Frankie could talk. <laughs> forget where I heard that. I think it might have been prior to the Hall of Fame, but I just found that, you know, just picturing Pedro sitting in the hotel room, you know, going goof crazy over it. 
Oh, I, I want Pat wanted me to to say it in the Hall of Fame, but we didn't have enough time. Oh. And I guess what Pat did, he said, he said, heck with the time, just get it out, just say it. Uh, well, you were actually, uh, which if we fast forward a couple of years there, uh, were part of uh, something special at the Survivor Series and being. I guess you could say first victim to the Undertaker's tombstone. Looking back now, could you actually see Taker being as special as he's become over time? Yes. Uh, I knew Mark, you know, I I remember when he started and all that and, and and his, his, his career just, it's unbelievable. I mean, it, it, it just made him a ton of money, and uh, I'm I'm happy for him. I'm really happy for him that he uh, he got a gimmick that can last, golly, you know, a long time. He has a gimmick that can last a long, long time, and uh, I was. Uh, I was the first one that took the tombstone, and and believe it, believe it or not, that was his first time giving the tombstone. And wow. and uh, at the time, he was green about giving it, and I wish he could have. I wish he could have. Well, I don't. I don't. I, I don't wish he could express it on someone else, but I wish I wasn't the first one that took the tombstone because it kind of almost cracked my neck a little bit. And I know he wasn't trying to do that, but he just didn't know how to do it perfectly, like he like he can do it now. Okay, well, I can take him all. Nothing can, happened. Pardon me. Like you said, nothing, luckily nothing serious happened with it. Right. You know, and at this day of, at this day of time now, I could take him all day because I know he's he know he know how to do it now, and, and he was probably nervous because he wanted to, that was his first debut on, on WWE. Uh, you know, he's trying to impress everybody, you know, especially McMahon's and all that looking at him. And I'm sure he was, Mark was a little nervous. And he just came down a little bit too hard on me because I didn't have nowhere to go. My head just straight down to the back. It wasn't no popping on the, hitting it on the side or anything like that. Uh-uh. It drove my head down to the back. It took me a while to, to get myself back together again. Well, obviously it wasn't something that you, uh, where I think in sports and in entertainment and wrestling, whatever you want to look at, were looked at, but did you end up with any kind of like concussions or anything because of that incident? Well, I think I ended up kind of just a little small concussion, you know, but it wasn't other, it wasn't other really to, you know, we was that type of wrestlers, you know, that we would hate. We kind of go through 
the pain for several days and and stuff like that before we even go to the doctor and stuff like that. But you know, and hope not. Hope knock on wood that everything came out came out okay. And I just hope it don't it don't come back to hunt me. You know, as I get older. Well, how do you feel now? Now that you've been out of the ring for the most part, as you're getting older. I feel good. I, I really feel good. I, you know, uh, I'm still active. I can, I can still get in the ring and work, you know, but not as high flyers like I used to. But, Lord, I couldn't do the things they're doing now, you know, coming off the, having ladder matches and jumping over the top, diving over the top rope and all this stuff. I, I couldn't do that now, but I'm sure back in the day, if I had a thought about that, Ooh, man, I would have been red hot. <laughs> That's for sure. But like, but um, like you said, uh, as you've gotten older, I, I think most people and most people tend to do it, such as your, you know, your takers and everybody else, not just yourself. But as they get, everybody gets older, they seem to work a little smarter. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, you got to work smarter. If you don't, cause your your bones are not gonna let you do it. Your joints, the thing. You know, it's just like you—you're not a spring chicken. You—you just a—you just an old rooster. <laughs> and we're not talking just, red rooster either, but right, you're not talking red rooster. You're talking about a, like an older. You're just an older rooster. Yeah. <laughs> well, probably the most interesting for me thing for me with you, and I definitely think he should be in the Hall of Fame was your tag team partner, Owen Hart. Got any good Owen yeah. stories, obviously? Well, I don't have a whole... I don't really... Uh, you have to get around the the British Bulldog, uh, Dynamite and David... Well, you can't get around David Boy, but Dynamite probably got a whole lot of stories of, of Owen Hart. I just know Owen Hart was just... He, he, he was cheap. He was so tight that you could he'd squeak when he walks. And uh and so uh but he he never did like like a spin a dime. He you know, he would just never did rental cars, he he wouldn't buy he wouldn't eat the rental car by himself at all. It killed him if he got a rental car by himself. You know, so he, he always caught rides and stuff and and that's that's the only thing I can say, but he most definitely needs to need to be in the Hall of Fame, but I don't think uh his his wife or stuff like that they don't want him to she don't want him to be no part of the Hall of Fame or, or the wrestling period. I, I, my understanding that they they're not allowed to even mention his name on the on air. No, and that's 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 a shame because the guy should be remembered for what he did. Yeah, I I know, but the way it happened. And I guess you, you know you can see you can see that, but just the way it happened, it is not good for the family. It's not good for his kids. You know, just let it go. I mean, it, it happened, and I you know what? It still hurts my heart now that knowing that this I don't know someone told him to jump, and then he didn't have the safety thing around him. Ugh. And don't you know that blue blazer outfit 
I wore that blue blazer outfit. I was the only one with, that he would let wear that blue blazer outfit one time. I think I I went, I, uh, if you run the tape back, I ran down the ring and took the, as back when Jeff, uh, Jeff, uh, Jared, Jeff Jared was in the ring with the guitar. And I took the guitar and busted over Shemrock's head. And with the blue blazer, and everybody was calling me the black blazer come through there, you know, the black and blue blazer, whatever. But uh, that was the same, that was the same uh, outfit that Owen was kind of deceased in. And, and, uh, I really hated to, I hated to have him, you know, cause we was good partners big time. Yeah, but like you said, I can understand both sides of the spectrum there, from the family aspect and, you know, obviously wanting to see him be honored. But, uh, well, what what actually led to, in 94, not too long after High Energy, what led to your uh, departure from the company? Well, you know what? That's, that was part of uh, Vince McMahon doing, you know, without a, without a notice. That's the only thing I hated. He didn't give me proper notice to leave. Just woke up one day, didn't have no bookings, didn't have a job. Wow. So, but, you know, let's loop around to where we started with this interview, though, to wrap this up with the Hall of Fame. Was it Vince that called you? to offer you the Hall of Fame, or how did that go down? No, Vince never called anyone, unless you, uh, Hulk Hogan or Andre the Giant or somebody, unless you've done something wrong, then he would call you. Uh, there was, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, John, John Nidus? Yes. John Lonidas? Yes, sir. He called. Yeah, he called me, and uh, said we we we're planning on doing this, and keep everything quiet and all that stuff. And we're gonna you're gonna be surprised. Everybody's gonna be shocked to have you in the Hall of Fame. Nice. Well, and it was now. Did you get to choose Honky Tonk to induct you, or was that your call, or was that their call? It was their call. I didn't have. I didn't. I didn't get to choose on anything. Only thing I got to choose. Well, was one thing I got to choose on. I uh, already had my speech made out. They didn't have to. They didn't have to tell me. They didn't have to tell me what to say and stuff like that. And and uh, and after I read it to them, and they they liked it. They said it's good. That's good. That was very good. Of course, my wife wrote it out. <laughs> yeah, she, hey, not you know, but it's a shame that, because we heard that from somebody else that, uh, they tried to push for, or wanted their writers to write about your career, your memories, just everything, which I don't think is right. No, you, you can't, they can't do that. I mean, it, it's gotta be that person, you know. You know, and like you said, it was you and your wife that put together that speech, and 
we're up and down right. the roads and everything. Right. You know, and I, you know what? And I had her, and she just wrote it out, and we then we put it all together, and and because uh, I told her, said I wanted I wanted to uh, remember, I want the fans to remember, and I wanted the people that helped me to remember, and and I wanted the people from my little hometown remember that I didn't forget about them from Union City, Tennessee, where I, where I started. And a little town would, at that time, was 10,000 population, 10,000 people. And so, you know, but I was, I was just so happy, you know, I, and I said that in my, in, 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 in my uh, speech that, you know, I want to thank God for all the people there in my hometown that, that helped me and all the promoters of all all over the country, the, the little folk promoters that helped me on these little small places that didn't have a camera, you know, what I was getting trained, extra training from. I'm talking about, I just, I, I just, I just asked for, uh, I wanted to mention, I told her I want to mention, I want to mention everybody that I can think of. A lot of the lady wrestlers and managers and things, you know, I just wanted to mention all of them. A lot of promoters, you know, you won't even know. I couldn't, even, if I mentioned their name, you wouldn't know them. But I, I want, I want to thank them for giving me that chance. Then I want to thank the WWE for, for giving me that opportunity to be a superstar all over the world. Forgive me that a little uh, a little black boy come from a little small town with one one red light, one policeman, one grocery store, one post office, uh, a train running through the community, and stuff like that, you know, and take me from that from that little country town all the way all the way to New York City, all the way to Houston, Texas, all over the world. That's what made me feel good. Because you know what, I never, I didn't, I didn't have a, a clue that I would be traveling to New York City, the Big Apple, Manhattan, the Boston, being in the Boston Garden, being in uh, 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 in Chicago, you know, just just different places, California. I never did think I would be traveling like in Hawaii, Japan. You know, I've been four. I've been around the world in my life. Black man took me around the world in my life four times. Four times around the world. Golly, you know, that, that that's not going to happen now. But you know, I just thank God that God was watching over me. What? Because he, we traveled a whole lot of water. We went over to a lot of farm countries and things like that. Don't you know? When when the, WWE got finished with me. It's just, it's just like I was on a roller coaster, and they and they just finally the roller coaster came back to my front door. It picked me up at my front door, my, my little small town, and they let me off back on my little front porch. And then the roller coaster took on off, and they was all the wrestlers and stuff like that that was still on that roller coaster. They was waving. Bye, Coco. Bye.
Thanks a lot. You did a great job. That's what I that's that's what I remember. And it it have it makes sure to hear a lot of good stories for your kids too, Coco. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, and it is, and sometimes, you know, a lot of times I tell you, it just makes tears come out of your eyes for all the memories and that my parents got a chance to, to see me. I wish they could have got a chance to see me getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, but they got a chance that I, I got a chance to take my dad and mother to the wrestling matches and stuff like that. But, you know, I just, I just, I, I love, I still love this business. I love your last question interviewing me. Is there any? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I love you for interviewing me right now, and that, believe it or not, that means a whole lot to me. Because you don't have there's there's other wrestlers out there. You could have chose whoever you wanted to choose, but I was the chosen one, and I want to thank you for it. Well, we thank you for your time, Coco. That, that, that's most important. But uh, my final question for you would be, because uh, obviously there's a lot of people out there that have great memories of you and all. Is there anything out there that people or a way people can reach you if they want to uh, communicate, whether it's through the Internet or see where you're going to be if you're making any appearances or anything? Uh, you know what? I have a. I thought I had a Facebook up one time, but it was, uh, I was letting someone else to do my Facebook, and they, I don't know if they still have it, but I don't. I'm not gonna even say it because I don't even. I, I don't even know it. I don't even know it. I don't know if it's still up right now. Okay. Well, we will definitely get. Yeah, I'll have to see if we, there's a way we can help you out and have something like that again that we know is legit and people can reach out and communicate with you somehow. So, Coco, thank you for a few minutes tonight. We appreciate it. And good luck with the painting company and just everything that you got going on right now. I was trying to pull up this, this Facebook thing. I don't know. If- uh, Mike, I'm looking at it here. If I can try to pull it up here now. Well, but, uh, I'll get the link off you, and we will make sure we uh, get it out there through our, our our own Facebook and our website and everything else like that. We'll get the link off you. And okay. Coco, thank you so much. Thank you, and God bless you. God bless you, Coco. All right. Bye-bye.